back to another episode of 5050. I'm Christopher. And I'm Charles. <laughs> Together, we walk up and down the top 50 and the bottom 50 movies of all time, according to the Internet Movie Database. That's right. <laughs> according to the Internet Movie Database, January 1st of 2010. And I promise, we do know each other's names, even though it doesn't seem like it, right? No, we do. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's literally the first time I've heard him, even though we've been setting up all day, so whatever. <laughs> It's like, hey, it uh, works. Cool. Hey, Ray. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to talk about the 39th best movie of all time and the 39th worst movie of all time, um, which are Forrest Gump and The Creeping Terror. But which I'll is which? Figure out which one's <laughs> which. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, um, yeah. So it's I was, you know, it's nice to be back and kind of past those first episode jitters and all the kind of like, where have you been for we the past that decade? 10 years ago? What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. It's nice. Um, so yeah, it's good. I'm excited. And I feel like, I feel like these two movies are a really good kind of microcosm of this podcast. I could, I could be wrong. Well, and I, I know you, different opinions than me. you used to always get mad when I would compare them. I almost like did them as verses. And, but that's how I still see them. I really do. It's like Forrest Gump versus the Creeping Terror. <laughs> like 30 years apart. 30 years of evolution in between the two. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So I can't, I can't do that because I can't even compare. I, there's no part of me that can compare these two movies. <laughs> it's just it's not going to happen. Um, but, you know... I think, though, that they both, I don't want to go in too much detail, but I feel like these two movies do a really good job of best representing their categories. I I could be wrong, but I feel like they both, and we can get into that as we move through it, but I feel like they both do a good job of being like, oh, quintessential B-movie, bingo, quintessential, like, commercial and artistic success, bingo, like, it just, it's, it is... I don't know. It felt it felt right to me that these two were together. Okay. So, um, okay. <laughs> you sound really. Um, there's a lot of trepidation in your voice. Isn't well, is, is there? <laughs> I didn't mean for that to be. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, so okay, so let's let's dive in. Which one do you want to go first? Do you want to do? You well, we do... usually do. We've been doing the good first. Do you still want to do that? Sure. Why not? Let's say I, mean, it, I was looking at that because actually, you know, the past we've kind of gotten lucky because they've also been chronologically. But this time, Creeping Terror is 30 years earlier. But I say we still stick to the good first and, you know, give the people what they're wanting last. Sure. <laughs> what? Us stopping talking? Is that what you're? Yeah. <laughs> we are no longer talking. That's what they're looking for. That's right. Um, okay. okay right. So Forrest Gump. Do you have Forrest a synopsis Gump. for that? I sure do. Absolutely. The synopsis, according to, again, IMDb, not a sponsor. Um, the presidency, Kennedy and Johnson, Soviet Watergate and other historical events unfold through the perspective of an Alabama man with an IQ of 75, whose only desire is to be reunited with his childhood sweetheart. All right. I don't know. If, I don't know if I like that as a synopsis, but I feel like that's well, that. Here is the trailer for those few of you that have not seen the movie. Hello, my name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Would you like a chocolate? Oh, thank you. It's funny what a young man recollects. You're the same as everybody else. You are no different. Your boy's different. Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. I'm Jenny. I'm Forrest, Forrest Gump. She was my most special friend. My only friend. We was together all the time. We was like peas and carrots, Jenny and I. Run, Forrest! Hey, stupid! Run! Now, you wouldn't believe it if I told you, but I could run like the wind blows. Who in the hell is that? And there's Forrest Gump, coach. Just a local idiot. I never thought it would take me anywhere. David put me on a thing called the All-America Team. Well, you get to meet the President of the United States. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? I got a pay. <laughs> I believe he said he had to go pee. <laughs> now, maybe it's just me, but... College was very confusing times. 
Have you ever been with a girl, Forrest? Well, I sit next to them in my home economics class all the time. Have you given any thought to your future? Girl! What's your sole purpose in this army? To do whatever you tell me, drill sergeant? You're a damn genius! You are going to be a general someday, go! Yes, drill sergeant! They sent me to Vietnam. Listen, you promise me something, okay? If you're ever in trouble, don't try to be brave. You just run, okay? Okay. Where are you boys from in the world? Alabama, sir. You twins? No, we are not relations, sir. For some reason, what I was doing seemed to make sense to people. Forget about me, get yourself out! Been awarded the Medal of Honor. How come? Now, my mama's always telling me how miracles happen every day. <laughs> some people don't think so. Jenny! But they do. You can come home with me my house in Greenbow. I'll take care of you. Why are you so good to me? You're my girl. Paramount Pictures presents Tom Hanks. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Robin Wright. Will you marry me? I'd make a good husband, Jenny. You would, Forrest. But you won't marry me. Gary Sinise. I never thanked you for saving my life. And Sally Field. My boy Forrest is going to get the same opportunities as everyone else. A film by Robert Zemeckis. What's my destiny, Mom? You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. seem the same once you've seen it through the eyes of Forrest Gump. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So that's Forrest Gump. I have to admit, I forgot how much I actually like this movie. And I like the three-hour version that I watched, not the four-minute version you just watched in that trailer. That's, so that's that's crazy. That that literally gives away like everything in the movie. Like it goes to the entire storyline. There's a there's a bit at the end. Um, you know, you guys just saw it where it's like boom, 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 and it's like just flashing all these things, all the cool moments that he go does in time. I wonder. Uh, I want, I'm sorry. Real quick, real quick tangent on that. I wonder if that was more of a thing when you couldn't watch movie trailers anywhere but in a movie theater, right? Like, if now that we can get them on the internet, like, you would never do that because people would just dissect the whole thing, right? Like in I, 94. I do wonder, because you're right. It's, gosh, it's over 25 years old now. Uh, good yeah. gosh, gosh, it's crazy. It's just, like, <laughs> blowing my head. Like, because, I mean, that's approaching 30 years and, you know, a lot's changed. But you're right. That, that could very well have been. It's a good trailer. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's because it's, you know, and I yeah. I want to say I agree with you, by the way, that I forgot how much I like this movie. Um, right. Because I was actually dreading having to rewatch it. I'm like, I've seen it. What, I don't want to yep. sit there and have to do it again. But then you get suckered into it. Like, that's that's the wrong expression. But you you get drawn into it, I should say. Like, it's it's really good. <laughs> Yeah, I like I caught myself like this is terrible, so forgive me. But like I caught myself like, hang on, I've got to go. Like, what? What? I caught myself like having to having to having to like get up and go do something, and like pausing it, knowing I was I was gonna miss no more than maybe like twenty seconds of the movie. But like I I I want to see the next. You know what I mean? It was just like I, I need to, and it it is a long movie, right? It's not some little 90 minute movie but yeah but it goes it really fast that's what i was going to say is it it doesn't as episodic as it is it runs together so smoothly that it can't be this can no longer be ignored what is happening right now what what is so what for is the i do we do i do three podcasts um yeah and in the we just finished up the james bond one uh about a month ago uh, mm-hmm. the last james bond one we did because 
you and I are getting ready along with Kelly to do Hannibal Lecter ones. So we sure. finished up the James Bond one, and I have you know I happen to have uh, a James Bond martini glass, and I said to myself, I'm going to drink it on all three podcasts. Then I'm going to stop doing it. But so I've done it on uh, I've done it on the James Bond one. I did it on the Good, the Bad, and the Podcast, and now I'm doing it on 50-50. For those of you who are only listening to this podcast, the martini glass is about a gallon worth of fluid, would you say? I mean, it's like, it's big. It's big. Your head would fit in that martini glass. <laughs> it's hard anyway, to drink, too. I can only, it will just move on past that. I forgot how much I enjoy this movie. It is, it is really, really great. And I yes, feel like... I feel like it is, you know, going back to our like ridiculous scale of measuring movies, importance and how artfully done it is. This scores really high. And I feel like it suffers from the curse of like the comedy film where no one will take it too seriously because they're laughing. And I feel like that's it's only I think. Yeah, it's a little bit from like a vibe to it, but it's. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really consider it a comedy. Oh no, no, no! I don't think so either. I just mean that, like, the people that would be looking for artistic merit will be disarmed by the comedy of it. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, I can see that. Like, it, how many comedies win Best Picture? I mean, it yeah. just doesn't happen, right? Right. So, I'm trying to look up um, where it's at on the the list. Oh, where is Have it you already looked that yeah. up? I haven't looked up where it is now. I've got it pulled up right here. Oh, it's down at 128 right now. Actually. Is it really? Yeah, it dropped way off. Uh, uh, granted, the, the the beauty and the downside of IMDb's um, ranking is it heavily favors current movies. What's that, Just, number 39 right now? Oh, is it 39? Oh, no, what's saying, at 39? What's at 39, yeah. Um, that I don't know. I'd have to pull that up real quick. But I'm certain it's something that came out in the last five years. Um, but no, it, I I tell you, going back to Forrest Gump, it's, I feel like, I don't know how how much you've seen of this, but I feel like some people have been kind of giving it a bad rap right now for feeling kind of tone deaf on some cultural. I was going to bring that up actually. And because it's like, that's what I was kind of saying that it's been getting close to 30 years now, 26 and something. So. What were you going to say, though? I, I just I, I think we're on the same vibe on this. Well, I mean, part of it is that, yes, it is actually chronologically closer to some of the events that it portrays than it is to our current day. Like, you've got to think that it is closer chronologically to Watergate than it is to us right now. Yes. Which is just crazy when you think about that, right? And so some of the sensibilities you have to... I don't want to say great on a curve, but you have to think about where we were in 94 versus where we are now and all that. But I think the other half of it is, does it gloss over things and treat things with kid gloves? Well, yeah, you're seeing it through the eyes of this guy who has a IQ of 75. And so you're almost getting like his perspective, which is not going to be nuanced and it's not going to be in depth. It's going to be very, I I don't know. What's funny about it too is that First of all, it's kind of like the being there of the 90s. If you like being there from the 80s, you've you seen being there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter yeah, Sellers yeah, movie. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. And I'm sure there's stories throughout history and different things that, you know, this came about. Um, but I, w- I would say that what I've been reading about it, and some of this I feel like is true to a degree, it's like the the conservatives have kind of, in the more recent years, have said this is a very conservative film because... In the sense, it's kind of the all-American white male, um, and he, you know, he fights for his country. He's, you know, he's always doing the right things morally. Like, there's no, as you say, there's no ambiguity. There's no nuance to it. Jenny, however, she's counterculture. She's a hippie. She's fighting. She's, she's, uh, you know, with the Black Panther movement. She's fighting against Vietnam War. She's ended drugs, everything else. And then she dies of AIDS. Uh, and it's like it's a total punishment. And I can actually see that argument, you know, but, you know, Zemeckis, the director and, and Tom Hanks, they they've both said this is an apolitical film. They were not going for anything. I, I think some of that's just being added on 
in our our time, right? Because of our whole the movement, Me Too movement, all these different things, and it's it is hard to separate that out. But at the time, you have to look at it in the time it came out. I don't think that's what they meant. Now, there's also the aspect of race in this. Uh, it is a white man that you know he's you know as they say he's special. Your boy's different. All that stuff, right? But he he's still able to go to college get ahead and make millions of dollars and become a celebrity. And that's problematic, as you say, because they treat all the race issues with kid gloves. And, and to an extent, they they don't just gloss over it. They, the, the you know, like they kind of poke fun at the Black Panthers. They poke fun at these different things that maybe didn't need to be poked fun at because uh, they're more serious things, you know. So I don't know. I, I do wish they, I wish there were some things it could have done differently. Um but then again, you you know you're going against what Forrest Gump is like. He's he's just going to be walking through all this without being completely oblivious to it. It right. is kind of weird though that his is his grandfather, great grandfather. He's named after a Ku Klux Klan member. That's hard yeah, to founder. like. That's founder. right. That's hard to like see that. See him, you know, casually just being completely colorblind and ignoring all this, and seeing them make fun of the Black Panthers to an extent. Sorry, I ruined your Black Panther party. Like that whole thing. Like it's kind of a goofy moment. Well, I think I think I think two things here, right? I think, well, I, I guess I would say I think two things can be true at once, right? I think on the one hand, I, I would probably take Hanks and Zemeckis' position that this is an apolitical movie, you know, because I mean, yes, you are seeing these things, and I also never really took the okay, one at a time. I never really took the Black Panther thing as they're poking fun of the Panther. I thought it was more they're poking fun at Forrest Gump for not realizing the position he was in at that point. Well, He's the butt of that joke, in my opinion. Well, to an but extent, then the other but, they, half- but they have, but they do have the the Black Panther in that scene. They show uh, wh- whatever her boyfriend's name was hitting her. Yeah. And he's part of the movement, and the other guy they show is being an aggressive black male yelling at him about how whites are racist. I just, right. I it didn't seem like they were the heroic parts or the protagonist at all in that sequence. No. No, and I agree it, with it that. Kinda, I'm not saying it they seemed kind of goofy when he like punches someone and then walks out, you know? Right. No, I agree. I'm, again, I think, and so then coming back to the other two things there, being named after the KKK guy, you know, his mom even says it's to remember that people do stupid things, right? Yeah. Like that was the whole reason. It wasn't like, I didn't name you him because he's a great man. I named you him because people do dumb stuff and like, I don't know. I'm not saying that justifies it or makes it right or whatever, but it wasn't, it wasn't as glorifying as, I mean, it could have been right. Like what year was he supposed to have been born in? Like the early fifties or something like that? The late forties. It's hard to tell because he, Tom Hanks plays him from a teenager on. So who knows? Right. I don't know what the point being. Yeah. The point being, it would not have been a totally bizarre thing for a kid born in Alabama at that time to have actually been named in honor of the founder of the KKK. Right. Like that would not be a complete stretch. Right. But you have him named that way and then told we named you that because people do stupid stuff sometimes. And that way you'll always remember that. Right. And so that's I don't know. I'm not saying it justifies it or make it right. I'm just saying it. it they could have gone the other way with it or they could have gone. You know, I, I feel like they did a good job of being, like they said, apolitical. We could go hard this way or hard that way. Which one's right? We're not really going to take a stand down the middle. And again, I think viewing it from perspective of this guy who doesn't really understand what's going on. And so we're not really going to go too deep into this stuff because he really go too deep into this stuff. And so we right. want like that was even the marketing slogan, right? You'll, you'll see the world through the eyes of Forrest Gump, right? Like that was that was the way you saw all of that. And the other and one, the last bit that I would say is when you mentioned he's a white guy from the South, who even with a you know, learning disability is able to go to college and make millions of dollars and become famous and all this stuff. <laughs> Maybe this is my blind spot here, right? But like, I never viewed that as this is, he's in a privileged position because of his race. I viewed that as the like ironic joke of the movie was that this guy who like, he should, by all accounts, none of this should be happening to right. him. He just has like, he, he wins every coin toss forever like that's that's the humor of the movie so i don't I, know i can, I can see it both ways because like i said it is a lot like being there it's the same thing with peter sellers he says something uh they take it 
he's talking about something very specific. They take it a different way. It's right. It's right. a very similar thing, and and I right. I appreciate that, but I can also see how it can be seen the other I can way. Too. No, agreed. And I think that that may even be a pitfall of making something that is so deliberately apolitical is that it can be interpreted either way. Yeah. And if you don't take a stance, then anybody can claim your art for their position. And you may not agree with their position or you may completely agree with it, but you didn't strongly support it in your movie. You know, I mean, who, who knows? Again, I think part of the reason that the movie works so well and did so well commercially is because it didn't take that stance. It's just like, we're going to view this through this character's eyes and we're just going to see the world the way he sees it. And he sees a very simple world. And I don't know, I, maybe that's part of the charm of the movie is that it's not preaching at you. It's not well, telling you what to think of these events. And, and, and you know, um, I actually still think the effects are good. Oh, like, I was shocked. Because, I, I, I mean, I remember even back when I first saw it, I remember, you know, some of the mouths don't quite move right. But still, like the interactivity, like he's been able to shake hands and have medals put on him. And the, I, it's, I think it's great. And uh, this is kind of in the same vein that the that scene where they show like uh, his grandfather, the you know, uh, the Ku Klux Klan. I don't know if you know this, you probably do. But that sequence is straight out of Birth of a Nation. Absolutely. And so yeah. that's, it's it's another interesting effect how they were able to put him in that thing because people don't realize it. And they even had to approximate the height of the camera when it pulls up. And you can see the, the trails from the, the kind of crane that they used back in the day. And that was all left in there, um, which is a cool effect. But it's also kind of tied into the race element. You're, that movie, Birth of a Nation, people boycott that movie if it ever comes out. Oh, people don't know how yeah. to. So the fact that they're evoking that imagery while also showing his namesake, it's another. Yeah, again, I agreed. can see it both ways, but it's a cool yeah. effect. It is, and people don't yeah. realize. People, I think most people see that scene, they just think they reshot it, whatever. But no, that's from the movie. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and a no, really I, complex one too, because I, I watched the making of it. It was it was kind of amazing. Yeah, that, and then everything with Lieutenant Dan's legs. Yes, every time like that. I mean, that is the more seamless stuff because the other stuff it's like oh he's sitting there with john lennon well we know that tom hanks isn't sitting there with john lennon so it's almost like you're looking for it to be an effect right but with the gary sneeze stuff i mean i know gary sneeze has legs I, I i consciously know that but it's so far it's it's one of those like subtle effects where you're like it's like the breathing in titanic right where you're yeah. like you didn't have to do that but it just adds that little bit of depth to it that just I don't know, it just makes it... I actually think the Lieutenant Dan character, he's kind of the heart of this movie. I, I mean, I really do. He He's he's the one that goes through the most complex changes. He's the nuance to it. And Forrest, I mean, Jenny, as I was saying, Jenny has a really rough life from being sexually abused, all these different things that happened to her. And Lieutenant Dan is actually able to, as I say, he made his peace with God or, or whatever, and he he's able to kind of change and become a much better person. And the movie sort of rewards him for that. Uh, uh, but I just, I love the performance and I, I love his friendship with Forrest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Like that point when they, um, when he kicks the girls out of his apartment yes. in New York and he's like, don't call him stupid. You know, like that. I mean, it, yeah, you buy it. You totally, it's great. He is, he is definitely the, that would be the meteor role. Yeah, for sure. I, I and I so I think I think in a lot of ways his character is what makes it. Um, I, I I'm not entirely. That's not entirely true. Obviously, Forrest Gump the character and Tom Hanks is amazing in it, but I think that's what gives it the more the the drama, the weight to it. Um, but but yeah, uh, and like I, I you mentioned the John Lennon part, Dick Cavett show. What's what's funny is I didn't realize this till years later that they brought Dick Cavett back. And so that's not that's not like old footage of Dick Cavett. They just put him in, made him the same hair, and they recreated his set and stuff. And that's cool. I had no cause, idea. Because at first I was always like, well, how do they get – because that one looks more realistic. How did they get him to ask yeah. him about China and all these things? And it's like, oh, he played himself. <laughs> that's like, amazing. Like I had no idea. 20 years later. And, and, and the John Lennon thing was from his show. But the, it, So it's just amazing what they did with that. Um, yeah. But I – yeah, so there's like I said, there's a lot I like about this movie. Um, the soundtrack is, of course, incredible. They use the oh, music. Yeah, it's a little too on the nose at times, but I still love it. Um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there, there's a lot, and there's some I, of the and the dialogue is brilliant. Of course, it's became yeah. pop culture now, but but even the stuff that you know isn't necessarily as popular, like the stuff is like sometimes you just don't have enough rocks. Oh, it's just that's, that yeah. wise wisdom coming from yeah. him. Even he can understand that to a degree. What's going on? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think going back to your point about Lieutenant Dan being the soul of the movie, I think he offers such a great counterpoint to the naivete of Forrest Gump that he's this world weary, you know, he's been living on the streets as a crippled guy, a veteran or what, you know, it's just, it's like his, they, they not only compliment each other when they're on screen, but it makes, it makes what could have felt very Disney and cartoony and simplistic by putting him in the movie and Jenny, of course, too, because of her story, it just makes it so much more like there there's that like bitterness of reality in there that yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think would have been there if he hadn't been there and, and Jenny and you know, Robin Wright, she's great. She's she great is. in this movie. Like, and I, I forget because when she is on screen, it is so potent. I forget how little she is in the movie. Like I, I, you, she's just not there. Like she, I mean, I know that's the whole point is that he's pining for her and every time, you know, she comes in and it's significant every time. But like, I was just shocked at how little screen time she actually gets in this movie. And it was kind of, I don't know. I I don't want to say it was sad or disappointing because if she was there every minute of the movie, it would be less potent, but it was, she's very good. Anyway, we can ramble about this movie for a long time. It's a very good movie and I really enjoy it. I do too. Would you say um, this is Tom Hanks best movie? I was thinking I would about say, this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think my, so my complaint with Tom Hanks most of the time, and this is definitely an example where this is not the case. My problem with Tom Hanks so many times is he is not like a Daniel Day-Lewis or somebody like that who's a chameleon who can just blend into a role and completely disappear and you forget that it's even him, Right. Tom Hanks does not do that. I have seen Tom Hanks shipwrecked on an island. I've seen Tom Hanks storm the beaches of Normandy. I have seen Tom Hanks like I, but it's always just that's Tom Hanks doing Tom Hanks went to space. You know, like I've seen Tom Hanks do all these things, but he doesn't, but he, but this is this movie. And I think Philadelphia too, which he also won the Oscar for. Right. Yeah. I think, I think what makes those movies so good. And the reason those are the ones he's won the awards for is because he goes outside of that. Right. Like he's he he's not just playing himself in these positions. He is playing a completely different person. See, I, I agree. I do, I've never thought of it that way, but I agree. But you said shipwrecked on an island. I still think Castaway. It's almost like the De Niro thing, uh, you know, oh. from Raging Bull, where he took a physical performance with in the difference is He has very little dialogue. Right. And, and he's I still think, it. Yeah. And I think Castaway is also more of a tour de force kind of thing because there's nobody else in the movie. Right. Like Helen Hunt's in there for like 90 seconds and then it's just him, you know? And it's like, I, I think I, I don't, I'm not saying Forrest is my favorite or I think that's his best performance. I think, I think maybe he was more of like emotionally affecting to me and saving private Ryan, you know, talking about his wife and the shears and all that, like, like that might actually be a better performance, but like this was so different that it's like, it's hard to ignore it because it's just so like, wow, you have range. Why don't you ever, why don't you ever do that? You know? And it's just, uh, anyway. Yeah. And, and you can't picture anyone else playing that role either. So. Oh no, no, there's no way. Um, but no, I, I, I think it's a fantastic movie. And I think, I think some of that, um, and we'll be done with it. I'm sorry. We rambled about this movie forever. The people who are having to listen to us. Um, I feel like the pacing of the movie, because I recently rewatched some, um, some Spielberg movies and I feel like the pacing of Forrest Gump is something Zemeckis picked up from Spielberg because the one thing I was realizing, not in every Spielberg movie, I'm not talking about Empire of the Sun, right? I'm talking about his more like popular commercial stuff. Yeah, like that man team. can make. Yeah, that man can make a movie that runs. It may be three hours long, but you are never bored. You're never waiting. There's never like half the time he doesn't even end a scene. They just flow right into the next one, and big scenes, heavy scenes, just flow right into the next one, and you never really 
there's never like a moment to like stop and breathe and think about what just happened. He's just moving on to the next thing. And I feel like this movie does that even more so because it's covering decades of time. And Mm -hmm. this movie is a movie that like, for instance, same guy who wrote it wrote Benjamin Button, right? (laughs) And Benjamin Button does the complete opposite. Benjamin Button just like wallows in how long it is. And it, and I think it works in that case. We can talk about that later, maybe on our list. I can't remember, but like, I feel like the differences of, I mean, cause he wrote the script, the scripts can't be the style somewhat similar, right? The fact that Fincher decides to go for that longevity and letting it breathe and letting it take its time and just enjoying, this is going to be a long process. Whereas Zemeckis is like, Nope, this is going to be funny. We're going to hit this and hit that and everything. Like that's, that's how you end up with a commercial success that is accessible to a lot of people. Again, important is it, but how well is it done? Do people enjoy it? Are people just praising it because it's good? Are they praising it because they actually like it, right? I think Forrest Gump is definitely one where it's good, but people also just enjoy it. It's just fun to watch. What would you give it? I I would have to give this pretty high marks. I mean, this is... we start splitting hairs because every one of these movies is so great. Right. I mean, this is going to be up in like a nine, a nine and a half in my book, in my opinion. I mean, just because you're covering again, not just how well made the movie is, but the importance of the subject matters. Like you said, you're talking about race and you're talking about sexual abuse and you're talking about drug abuse and you're talking about, I mean, you're talking about like all these important things and just huge pieces of history and just like, and, but it's also approachable and fun, which is the artistic nature of it, right? They made something that could be boring romp through a history book into something that you're laughing at and having fun with and enjoying and crying and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's tough. It's, it will be hard to be, I mean, a nine, nine and a half, in my opinion. I'd say I'd give it a nine as well. It's kind of what I was thinking. Eight and a half or nine, it's kind of what I was thinking. But yeah, yeah I'll, I'll stick with nine. Yeah. Cool. Good. We're, hey, look, we agree. Again. It's weird. it's weird. The older we get, the more similar we become. It's going to be weird one day. Like, like Benjamin Button, we're meeting in the middle. We're meeting in the middle. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know who that's worse for. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. You want to do... Well, let's oh, let's uh, go to Creeping Terror. Oh, great. Let's, uh, that's a hard shift there. No, no clutch for that one. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have good segues like Mark does. Um, but I, let me have a, let me pull up the uh, synopsis here. Oh, good. Oh, good. And apparently there's a lot of movies called Creeping Terror. Uh, just so you guys, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's hard to find sometimes. But anyway, here it is. Uh, a newlywed sheriff tries to stop a shambling monster that has emerged from a spaceship to eat the citizens of an American town. <laughs> that is that is what the movie is about. And here's the trailer. So that is the creeping terror from 1964. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Charles, what do you think of this movie? I'm curious. Are you? Oh man, uh, 
<laughs> this okay so again I, you said like we're getting older or something but I hate this movie <laughs> I could I couldn't stand it what's funny is I I watched it so uh, 10 years ago whatever it was when we first had this movie on the list yeah. I watched it I bought, I bought the VHS I have it somewhere and I watched it with Micah and we laughed and laughed and thought it was hilarious now I watched it, and it's free, like everywhere. By the way, like you can get it, Amazon yeah. has it. It's to stream, and it's so bad. I can't sit through it. There, it's the biggest problem with this movie is that that I don't know how much of this is true or not. It seems like IMDb is kind of conflicted on this, but apparently they lost the sound to this movie. Uh, now, I read somewhere that maybe they were doing it really cheap and they didn't shoot with sound. Yeah. But whatever the reason, they decided that instead of using sound, like hearing the voices and sound effects, that they would just have a narrator read it. And the way they do that is it's almost like those old school educational videos you used to watch, you know, and uh, now little Timmy is doing this. And like, and that's what it is. He's, they're literally describing every scene, but they almost, they're trying to make it deeper. So they're like really kind of diving into backstory and all these relationship things like did we really need to know that the cop was newly married and he was uh his new wife was all of his world at this particular time and he was losing his friends as all men must do and like did we really need to do all that there's a giant monster made of carpets that's attacking people (laughs) yes so like i i'm sure you can relate to this from school one of the things they always teach you was show don't tell and this movie literally does the complete opposite it's just just tell me don't show me anything i don't need you to show me anything like there's no dialogue i mean yes and i saw both the conflicting whether it was that they purposely shot it with no sync sound or they shot it with a sync sound and it didn't sync up because they didn't do everything properly or <laughs> Shocker, they if that's the case yeah right right well and and I didn't realize either that the same, the actor, director, writer, producer. Vic Savage. Also, yes. He also edited the movie like in a hotel room <laughs> over like a weekend, which if you've ever edited reel to reel, that just sounds horrific. And of course the sounds terrible because you probably just dropped it on the floor and it spools went everywhere. I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Apparently also they had a whole nother monster that they yes. originally built. And I read about did, that too. Like, did it get lost? I can't remember what happened to it, but they ended up having to like quickly put one together out of, like you said, carpets. Okay, and so I'm going to just, I'm going to throw this out there and this is the closest thing you will get from me for praise for this movie. What? I know. Just hear me out. Hear me out. Did you see the movie Arrival? Yes. I am not comparing this movie to Arrival. But what Arrival did really well, it did a lot of things really well. In fact, it's a great movie. But one of the things that they did really well in that movie was making the aliens super alien. As in, like, I don't know where a face is. I don't know where a body is. It's truly otherworldly to the point that it's disconcerting. Like, it just, it's awkward feeling because you're like, I don't know what this thing is. This movie, Creeping Terror, with unintentional as I'm sure it was and as just horrifically executed as it was at least decided to not just paint a person green and put them in spandex and declare them an alien right like they actually like it is it is at least like an alien body form for the monster like its mouth is down on the ground I mean yes I can see the feet walking I get it I get it but like but there's this whole big thing behind it like they didn't need to have that part behind it it could have just been the front part all I could picture was like, like those those horse costumes or someone's got to be in the back yeah yeah that's exactly right yeah that's exactly right but it, it, I at least acknowledge like eh, I mean it's at least weird looking I, I can't give that to you because it's first of all uh, Kelly makes the graphics for our podcast and she didn't watch this movie because she's not doing this episode, but she she was having a hard time figuring out which one was the monster, and she pulled up. There's apparently another Creeping Terror movie from 1964 that she pulled up, and it had a good-looking monster. And, and yeah, that was a guy in a suit carrying a woman, but but it, you and I both agreed that it looked way better than this one. I, it, it, 
it definitely looked like they had some production value for it. I mean, for sure. This clearly, they had nothing. I, like even when just, I was trying to find the right graphic to use for it, for to talk to Kelly, I'm like looking at it, I'm like, wait, is that what the monster looked like? It's When it's moving, I could, okay, got it. But when it's just a still motion shot of it, I can't describe anything about this monster. No, That's not no. only because of the carpets that are literally put together. It's also because of the way they shot this film. Somehow oh it's both overexposed and underexposed and has no contrast and it's black and white. So it's it's just I, it's it's hard to tell what's happening in a lot of the movie. I am um, I'm fairly certain they shot this on black and white reversal and that's why there is no like it is either white or black. There is no gray tone. I, I, yeah, so I get that, but but what I'm saying is they still didn't expose it right. Like in any scene, oh, no. even no, even no. the scene in the dancing scene, which goes on for a long time. Ever. I, I watched this with Toby, and I'm like, <laughs> is this still going on? We're showing this monster slowly walk up on this dance hall and eat everybody. It's creeping. It's yeah, creeping. it's creeping. But even even in that <laughs> sequence. It 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 seemed like the like you say the dark parts were severely underexposed yeah. and the bright parts were overexposed and everything in the middle was just grainy as all get out. I don't know what stock this was shot on, but it's, it's bad, <laughs> bad is what it was. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that the other thing that you mentioned the dance hall scene going on too long, right? Which yeah. about ten times longer than it needed to be, <laughs> and and apparently a fist fight broke out. Yeah, like, that was like, random why, too. I was like, what is this, happening? Yeah. <laughs> But all of that aside, the other thing that kept happening was like you kept having these like couples making out for like extended periods. Yes, and it's like it the monster's coming. They're making out. The monster's still coming because it's like crawling and they're still making and it just keeps going and going. And then when it when it eats them, they like have to push themselves up into its mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, don't don't eat me as I crawl into your mouth. Don't eat me. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But the reason I mentioned all the like all the couples is <laughs> is apparently one of the co-writers or producers of this movie it may have even been the Vic Savage guy himself went on to make softcore porn <laughs> like that became like part of what they did later in life and I mean Savage well, died well the name young, like Vic like, Savage I mean come on now but, but he he died at like 41 man he died really young but but the like it just I'm like I can see what happened here. You guys were like, hmm, we could make this better. We could, we should make monster movies from now on. Like we can, it's just ridiculous. Well, it's like Ed Wood. I mean, Ed Wood, but yeah. not to do porn as well yeah. in his later years. But, yeah. but I would say plan nine is better than this. This is on your scale. Like, oh, you know, oh, they, they, is... so you give it like a three, if they made a movie, they don't No, they didn't no. make a movie here. They just, no. this, they, I, cause it, and like, what's up with the guy when they go to like Lover's Lane and all the people are being killed in their cars? And there's that one older creep guy just like staring at the people, and then he <laughs> stares at the monster for a long time before he finally drives off. Like, well, what's so what's so great is that like, what was he doing there in the first place? Was right. the monster hadn't shown up? Was he just up yes. there to just like sightsee? Like, what is yes, he? Yes, that's exactly what it was. Sightsee. <laughs> if he pulled out a pair of binoculars, it would have been more interesting. He just. Is by himself on Lover's Lane. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it. It's so killer. Yeah. Oh gosh. Jeez. Yeah. Um, That's a conspiracy right there. We, we actually got to see the real Zodiac killer in the Creeping Terror. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to be there. They just hiding, caught him while he hiding was in there. plain sight, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is. It is so disjointed too. Like you can, I, and and what I, what I mean by that is, I feel like to say episodic would be really generous, right? Like that would be really generous. But like, there's whole bits like the mother who lays the baby down in the bed, and yeah. then like like goes outside and is eaten, and you don't know who she is, you don't know what's going on, you don't know what happened to the baby. Like it's just like. What's going on? Although and, I do and, know for sure that one sequence with the the grandson and the grandfather, I know that name was Bobby because that was all he said. Bobby, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby. And what's funny is if you go to IMDb, that's the top quote that comes up. It's like yes, <laughs> it just says Bobby a hundred times, and then gets eaten. It's so great. It's. I just. I almost. I don't want to say I feel bad for them because because really truly like. If you made a decent budget, 
decent directed, decent acted thing with like these monsters that show up. It turns out they're not monsters. They're just collecting data to send it back and blah, blah. I mean, like spoiler. Jeez. I, I know. Right. It's it's only like 70 years old now. Get her 60 years old now. Get over it. Statute of limitations. But it um, <laughs> I feel like when they it's one of those things where I feel like as they're writing that down, they're like, oh, this is good. Yeah, this is like this is a good story. And it's like maybe you could have made that a good story. You didn't, but you could have. Like, I could conceivably see that happening. It was really confusing because at first I didn't understand that there were two monsters. That took me a while to figure that out. I was like, oh, is this this going back and forth? Is that a monster in the ship that they're able to crawl in and out of? Yeah. Yeah, because they did. Yeah, they did not. Again, show, don't tell. They didn't show us and in this case they didn't tell us either they just kind of were like there's this thing over here in the corner and you because you and because the monster is so formless you don't really know what you're seeing like there's like hoses and like all this so like what am i what is it and all their gear is in like you know english all the gauges and stuff and (laughs) 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 yeah they like they raided an air force base to build this thing and just like yeah it's ridiculous Nothing's in like a. It's it's not like in Star Wars where it's written in their language. You know, it's it's, right. This is truly like Latin characters and all that. Oh, the other thing that drove me nuts, and I know this is so nitpicky and it's so stupid, but like you could tell that they were outside with a bounce board, bouncing light on things because it just looked like a spotlight in the middle of the day, right? (laughs) So it's like they're just like car drives up wink flashlight on the car and you're like oh gosh it's so bright and then you know it was just there was nothing nothing good about this movie there were there were things that i feel like were okay ideas but the execution in every way was bad so again what would you give it if if, if even even taking your scale into account you know you, you don't think they i don't think a movie i don't i don't think they finished i don't i really like I, I'm I'm being completely serious right now. I have said this about other movies before, but this really feels like a movie. Were you where, lying the other times? No, 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 no. But this is so much more exaggerated. Where I feel like he really either ran out of time and had to get it to where it was supposed to go, or he ran out of money and wasn't able to actually finish his movie. Because there's the fact that there's no dialogue, right? The fact that like the story just doesn't really hardly make sense. It just, it, it feels like they didn't actually finish the movie. It feels like it was one of those. I mean, what is that Coppola quote? Movies are never completed. They're just abandoned due to lack of time or money. Yeah. Is it Lucas? Yeah. Well, he did. Oh, he just says that basically you never get to stop editing them. They just, yeah, they escape. Yeah, that's right. And that's, and I feel like this movie definitely escaped prematurely like it 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 got away way too soon um because i mean if you like if you gave me this movie with no audio track and i could get 10 people together we could re-record the audio for it you know what i mean yeah and you could do that there's nothing stopping you from doing that and and you don't need specialized equipment to do it right you need like a tape recorder and he just didn't do it which well, again, but do you think that he had in his head to always narrate it like that? No, no. You don't. You There's, don't think that was an artistic choice? He really there had no, to be something else. Was, <laughs> no, that was not an artistic choice. I am confident that was a necessity move. That was not an artistic choice. <laughs> I don't now. I don't know if it was something that was like. We're gonna. I don't know if it was something where it was intentional. We're not going to record location audio, and we're just going to dub it later. And then he never yeah, dubbed like it. The, like the spaghetti westerns do. That's what they all do. Right. I don't know if that was his plan, or if it was. I recorded sync sound, but somebody forgot to hit record, or the audio got lost, or we didn't actually sync it. So like it's recording at different speeds than the cameras run. Like I have no. You know. I mean, there's so many two system. Re- filming like that sucks anyway but like if you don't know what you're doing clearly they did <laughs> then you you know there's all kinds of potential for problems so yes um but no this movie gets like maybe a one i mean it was almost exposed enough for me to be able to see i maybe a two 
maybe. I, I mean, I would. I can ah, be generous and give. Two. I, I was gonna say zero, but I, I, I feel a little. I do. I feel a little bad about saying zero. I do. So I will say a one. Um, but <laughs> is this worse than say Santa Claus? What's the worst movie? Oh so yeah. Oh, this is way worse than Santa Claus. Really? Okay. Way worse than Santa Claus. Because before we used to say there was nothing worse than Santa Claus. Well, Santa Claus... So Santa Claus isn't good in that it's not enjoyable and it's not... It's kind of nonsensical or whatever, but, like, I know what they're saying. I know the words that they're saying, and, like... And that's dubbed, too, the one we saw. And that's dubbed, too, yeah. It's like... I mean, that movie from just a production standpoint makes this one look horrific and this one already looks horrific but even by comparison to santa claus you know i i don't know i think santa claus has quickly kind of yeah, become one of my favorite movies not not in the sense of like on the best list but i do like watching santa claus it's definitely an ugly sure. movie for me uh so would you say this is currently the worst movie you've ever seen I, I I mean it's pretty dang close. I'm I'm thinking about some of the other like yeah because I mean a lot of the ones that we have seen on this bad list I think aren't actually as bad as everybody. Yeah, like we said last time, the hottie and the naughty, and also oh, that was yeah that doesn't deserve to be okay. So um, I, I you know we were talking about looking up the different things where they've been. Where is this on the list now? Is it still on the yeah, list? Yeah, I was trying to I was actually trying to find that. I'm sorry, I, I got distracted by. The brilliance of the trailer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find it. Um, give me a second. Because I, I did you were you able to see what? It's not even on the worst list anymore. It's it's really? not even there. Yeah, I, I thought that I, I didn't think there was any way that is true. How in the world is Hottie and the Naughty the seventh worst movie? Anyway, well, that's um, what we talked about last time. I think I, I'm seeing Steel is now the worst. Uh, if I'm looking at it right, disaster movie is what I have for the worst movie. Oh, the you do? Lowest, right? Yeah, the lowest rated movie. I've got Steel. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, either way, I'm not seeing it on here. I mean, I just did a search for it. I'm not seeing it at all on here. The disaster um, movie is the worst. I'm saying number 39 is Steel. Oh, 39. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying the worst. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, on our, on the bad list. So it's the. I got uh, yeah. yeah, I don't see Creeping that's a, Terror. That's a, that's a Shaq there, movie, right? Where he plays the version of Superman. Um, is it? Is that what that is? Yeah. No, are, you just, are you just making that up? I'm not making that up. It's true. Oh, man. How are we? I'm sorry. I just got. I just went down the rabbit hole of looking at that worst list. That is a mistake. I should not have done that. But, but Creeping Terror is not on the list? I, it is not. I mean, no, it's not. It's not on the worst hundred movies of all time. To put that in perspective... Speed two is number ninety one, and you know the Wicker Man, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say is number is number seventy three. I mean, like there are there are some very bad movies on here, right? Like, don't get me wrong, but like, I mean, Hottie in the Ninety Seven, Birdemic, and you know, like Super Babies, like all this stuff is on here, but it's one of those things where I'm like. Yeah, but those aren't nearly as bad as this movie. I, and I, I, it's I crazy, know. right? Like, I don't, it's like people haven't seen. Like you said, they've been put. They put all the, they put all it's the current. more recent current ones. Although I will say that what's currently on the good for thirty nine is American History X. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good movie. But I, I would say though, man, I like the I like the modern list though. I, I would. Like but holy see, cow! I, like, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the number top fifty movies and judge just real quick. Number fifty is Casablanca, which is insane. Fifty. Oh, and Cas oh, um, Forrest Gump though is number twelve now. Oh wow! Well, Casablanca is fiftieth. Once Upon a Time in the West, Grave of the Fireflies, The Prestige, Whiplash, The Untouchables, The Departed, City Lights, Gladiator, Psycho, Modern Times, American History X. Wow. I, 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 yeah, that's crazy. There's a, that's, that art, that list has changed a lot. Wow. It's not even, I mean, it's, like, I'm just looking at the top 10 and it's just, it's bizarre. Like, it doesn't even, it's as though somebody just like shuffled the deck 
You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, I'm just saying, how could Casablanca be 50th? Like, it's just not uh, because it's, oh, I mean, dude, Hamilton is number three, right? Like, I'm not saying Hamilton's bad. What Hamilton's number is great it? You, you kind of cut up on that. What, was, what number is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Hamilton is 30. Okay. Wow. Like, Hamilton is a great Broadway musical. That is not the 30th best movie of all time, right? Like, I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to pick a fight with IMDb and all of its users, but like, it's just not the 30th best movie of all time. You know yeah, what I mean? I agree. I mean, anyway. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Creeping Terror is something that is such a product of that time because you would never, ever make something with production value that low today. Like you would just never do it. Like if you gave if you gave twelve year olds handy cams, you'd get better quality than this. Uh, I mean, I mean, but of its time though, it's nineteen sixty four. I mean, it's I, I don't know. I don't know if it would even been acceptable in nineteen sixty four. Oh no, no, no! I'm sure it wasn't. But I, all I'm getting at though is that like you will never see a movie that has any mainstream acceptance, even as a cult bad movie, right? That is yeah. as bad as this one. Because yeah. it just, it would just no one no one would accept it. No one would touch it. And no one, no one would even release it. They'd be like, uh, dude, we shot it on an iPhone and edited it on an iPhone. And it's better than that. I mean, it's, it, uh, yeah. It's true. It's true. But, and there's actual sound. Yeah. And you can hear. And yeah, it's, again, I feel like it's one of those things. If you took, if, if you took that script that story idea and gave that to a good screenwriter, you could possibly make something there. Again, they didn't. <laughs> but like, but it's so- true of like any concept. If you give it to oh. talented people, they can make something good out of it. But I, I hear what no. you're saying though, because the concept, what it's true though, the concept is actually kind of solid. It's a good idea. It's a good twist on a sci-fi movie. It would have fit right alongside like the day the earth stood still. War or War of the Worlds, worlds or yeah. When Worlds Collide, or yeah, something it's, like it's, that. Yeah, it's very similar to that. So I, I get that. I really, I do. I get what you're saying. It's yeah. just it happened to fall at Vic Savage's feet somehow. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's bad. Um, so yeah, no, this movie is, this movie is getting all of the flack that it deserves. It is. <laughs> it is well, it bad. seems to be picking up actually, like in the last ten years, like. You couldn't get it anywhere before, hardly, and now it's on Amazon and it's free in a bunch of different places. So people, more people are watching it now, I think, than they probably did. Six. I watched ago. it on. I watched it on YouTube, and the video, the upload that I watched had three hundred and ten thousand views. So yeah, I mean that it's not millions or anything, but that's a lot of people watching a really bad movie. So. Yes, it is. Well, three hundred thousand <laughs> of those are me. So I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I can't even joke about that. I couldn't. I can't. It was hard to sit through it. It really was. It was. All right. right. Anything else you want to say about this movie? Uh, Don't watch this movie. (laughs) All right. So you give it a (laughs) one or a two. I'm going to give it a one. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. So what's... uh, I don't have the list in front of me because I am not prepared to... I do. Do you happen to know what our next movies are? Yeah, give me a second. Let me pull them up really quick. Oh, I th- is it coming Uh-oh. up the um, the one that we can't watch? Um, Ator the in- a- a- oh. Invincible. Oh, I have that. I don't okay. I have that on VHS. You do have that. Oh, good. Okay, good on VHS. Wonderful. Um, and American History X, which there you oh, go. Um, oh, so that didn't move that much. Okay. <laughs> That's, oh, stability. I like it. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so those are our next two. Um, when is uh, the, when is the Blair, Tony Blair Witch Project? Is that next after that? Is thirty seven? Yeah. Okay, we'll probably watch Rollerball. I think is what we said <laughs> instead because that's what's currently at. Ironically, this whole like I'm sorry, I'm I'm going to go off on a tangent here for just a second. Thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight, and thirty nine are respectively Apocalypse Now, American Beauty, American History X, and Forrest Gump. There's some like heavy Americana going on in those like mid thirties where everybody's just like really, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So next time American history X and 
um, Etour Invincible. It's French, right? Well, it has a. Uh, I have not actually watched it, but it's a. Uh, it's got different names. I think like Blade Master is one of the. All, it, it's like a Beastmaster ripoff if you've watched Beastmaster. <laughs> so, I think. And I don't actually think it's the second one. Sometimes they do these things in a weird number. We'll have to look at it. Because I I bought it, like I said, years ago when, we were, when you were doing the podcast originally. And I just it's been stored and I haven't watched it. I'll have to hook up my VCR and check it out. Although, maybe it's like Creeping Terror. Maybe it's available online. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, that's ridiculous. But let's see. So, uh, coming up uh, on the Good, the Bad, the Podcast, which is not the name of this one. Uh, on the Good, the Bad, the Podcast, it's going to be Mark's pick. He's doing dinosaur movies. That's coming up in uh, about three weeks. We're going to do that at the start of September. Uh, as I said earlier, Topher, Kelly, and I are going to be doing the next Here and There series. We're going to be doing Hannibal Lecter. Uh, which I'm excited about. I'm very excited about that. I am, too. I am, too. Because I... So, uh, you know, I've already I've already read the Red Dragon and I've watched the movies for that episode already. And I got to say, I have a feeling that you and I are going to disagree a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but maybe. Uh, and then um, and then uh, after that, it'll be coming up. Oh, I've got my special uh, that Mark and Kelly don't know yet. And I'm not going to reveal here just yet, but. I've got a special one coming up for Halloween. Mm. Um, a little crazy episode that everybody's going to hate, and my wife has asked me to apologize for. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to be doing 31 Days of Horror all throughout October. This this year, um, this year we're doing all the Friday the 13th movies. Um, and it's... Uh, I, I still like to do the thing where we have a movie from each decade, like 20s, 30s, 40s, and so on. But... Uh, it's really hard to do that with, with anything that relates to Friday the 13th. And so the first few movies on that list really don't have anything to do with it. But then once it gets into it, it's like all, you know, slasher people in the woods kind of movies. Um, so it's, it's it's a lot of those movies. Have you have you watched any of yours? I don't even know which ones you've chosen off the I, list. But. I haven't. I have. Um, I have, Let's see. I've got like Madman from 1981. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Curse of the Werewolf from 1961. Um, yeah, see, for those, I try to give a little variety since I knew uh, that's like the only one from the 60s, I believe. So, like, you, know, you got like Frankenstein, you got zombies on there, you got werewolves, you got little uh, the crazies, the original one. So, I'll be posting this full list um, in September. So, that's kind of your teaser. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Madman. I, uh, I don't know what you'll think about that movie. We'll see. <laughs> Well, I like the show. Yeah, this is about as far removed from that as you can get. <laughs> Although, oh, no, is, I, it, is it is it actually that would? But that movie takes place closer to yeah, the Batman the timeline time. than it does to us. So <laughs> that's a running theme here, I guess. It is that. I'm I'm sorry to go back to it. That really did kind of astound me when I was thinking like. I think this movie, watching Forrest Gump, was like, I think this movie actually is was closer chronologically to the events of the movie than it was to me now, which is yeah. just... Yeah, it, well, it, and it, the part where Forrest Gump showed up in The Creeping Terror, and he, he's the one that damaged the film, the sound, that was pretty crazy. I didn't see that coming, and I don't remember <laughs> that. It's one of those references that just went over my head until I watched The Creeping Terror. I'm like, oh, okay, got it. Oh, that would be amazing. That should have happened. I wish that had happened. <laughs> you know there's a Forrest Gump se- uh, book, right? A sequel? I do. I don't know. I don't have any idea what it's about. They wanted to... They, apparently, they wanted to make... So, the book was written right after the first movie was a huge hit. And they wanted to make um, a sequel movie. Uh, but they started really getting it together in, like, 2000. And then, like, 9-11 happened and that... I, there was just a lot of different stuff that they didn't want to cross at the time, and so they didn't do it because um, they just thought the country was in a different place after 9-11. But the book, apparently, the book is aware of the Forrest Gump movie, and the Forrest Gump character, it, even like, it talks about the movie and how it, the, it was not portrayed to him at all correctly. So it, like, breaks the fourth wall somehow. That would have been really interesting. That sounds horrible. That's well, so- I haven't read it. I mean, maybe we should read it and see. I don't know, but... Boy, that is 
that is some jump the shark right there of just like <laughs> well apparently the movie the sequel was not gonna have anything to do with the sequel book it was just oh they were just gonna make a follow-up like with yeah no... and there were different gonna be different moments in history and some of the ones i was reading was like oh god like no don't i'm glad they didn't do it but then you but then you watch some <laughs> of the things gonna... in, in the forest gump and you're like ah they did that they pulled it off okay good on them so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um Anyway, I, I the the closeness in time just still hurts my brain a little bit, but I am looking forward to quite a bit the Hannibal Lecter series and diving into the Thirty One Days of Horror because I I don't like horror movies, so this is going to be an adventure for everybody. That's what Kelly said, and now she actually watches them. Like to give you a taste of it, uh, there is some sleepaway camp action on our list, and. Uh, Kelly had never seen any of those movies, but she, she we she picked the first one, and I, I encouraged her to because I really wanted to see what she thought of it. And then after she watched it, she just went ahead and watched all the others. And I was like, well, you know, you're not assigned to them, but you watched them, you might as well. So she watched them on her own time. So maybe that's how it'll be with you, man. You'll you'll watch these movies and you just want to watch all of them. I, I don't know. <laughs> Somehow I Who doubt knows? it, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> Dare to dream, Charles. Dare to dream. I am dreaming. <laughs> hey, we're back. I didn't think that would ever happen. This is a good yeah, dream. Yeah, that's, so. that's true. True. So. That's true. All right. All right. Well, let's call it. Yeah, and next week we're going to be – next week. Week? Week. Next year? I don't know. Whenever. We, we will next be, time. like, two months. <laughs> yeah. Next time we will be just discussing American History X and – Whatever that Blade Master. I think it's Blade Master. I'd have to find the copy of it. I got somewhere. I don't know how to say it. It's it's not in our language. But we will be watching those two and talking about those two. So please join us then. You can watch us live on Facebook or listen to the replay on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube by searching 5050 and IMDb. And of course, you can find all our podcasts at itsjustawesome.com. But whatever your preferred method, be sure to subscribe and like us. Yes, please do. Please subscribe. Leave us comments. All the good things. Rude remarks are accepted. Yes, One star anything. reviews are we, good too. We just want attention. Anything. <laughs> we're, we're very lonely. Yes, we are. I don't know why your voice changed so much, but okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys. Bye.